Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of All Effed Up with me, Will. If you are becoming a regular listener or just liking anything you hear, I appreciate your time. And uh, if anything, I just hope you can relate to my stories and take something from them. And, uh, you know, just know you're not alone. Uh, there's tons of people that struggle with all kinds of shit like this. And we're just trying to get a message out there and let people know that, you know, it's not as bad as it seems sometimes. Mental health has become a big deal. You know, there's constant, um, there's, uh, there's other people talking about it. There's more people talking about it now. It's become one of those things where people aren't afraid to talk about it anymore. Before, it was kind of taboo, and just in some ways, it wasn't considered real or important enough to discuss. And, uh, sometimes that's just all we need. We just need someone to listen to what's bothering us and, you know, give us advice and just be there for us. Anyways, we're going to talk about just a little bit of this and that, so let's get into this next episode of All Effed Up with me, Will. everyone is doing well uh, especially if you're like me and you're stuck in the fucking midwest where we're just trying to get through what's left of the winter get into the spring and summer months and finally go outside you know i tell myself every year i'm going to go outside and do more you know so hopefully i stick by my word this time i ask myself every winter why do i stay why in God's name do I stay in the Midwest? I can't stand the cold and snow. The only time that, to me anyways, that snow and cold is acceptable is really around Christmas time. And then I'm over it. I want it to be 80 degrees outside. And just being stuck inside all winter, it really sucks. It brings you down. It's dark all the goddamn time. And it's just really the more challenging time of the year for me, as it can be for some other people. Um, not only this... You, when you're older, winter just kind of really doesn't serve a purpose in your life anymore. When you're younger, especially, you know, for me back in the 90s, I mean, they still do them now, but when it snowed enough, you got snow days. So you got these unexpected days off school, whereas today, kids, they might still get those on occasion, but now they got to deal with these fucking e-learning shit, which is kind of stupid and pointless, I guess, but... You know, they do what they got to do. And not only that, when you're when you're grown up and it's fucking pouring down snow, sometimes you don't have a choice but driving the shit because you got to go to work or whatever. To sum it all up, I might end up being one of those fucking guys that retires in Florida or somewhere down south. So hopefully that's the case because I am over it and I'm just to the point where I don't want to deal with it anymore. But anyways, let's get into it. Today, uh, and most days, my son is in my face probably about you know, 6.30, 7 in the morning. Every fucking morning. And not only that, my daughter 
she will fall asleep in her bed, but she feels the need to crawl into my bed at random hours of the night. I don't know why I've tried to break this habit, but she still just insists on getting into my bed at random hours of the night. Because she just she gives me the lamest excuses too. She says her bed's not soft enough, which you know might be the case. But I think she's still just kind of full of shit and don't want to sleep by herself. But you know, um, I it just I think the thing that gets me is um, you know when you're younger and. You know, I think it, for me anyways, you know, I love my kids and everything. And, you know, I know I'll miss it when they get older. Uh, You know, you just miss that when you're younger, you miss lying in bed in the mornings. Or you miss sleeping in, you know, because that's definitely a thing of the past for me. I miss the, you know, the quiet of the morning where you just kind of lay there. But, you know, when I was younger... That wasn't the case where you lay there in bed simply because you cannot bring yourself to get out of it. It's the mere idea of getting out of bed and dealing with the day seems completely pointless and trivial to you. You know, um, there were other reasons. Obviously, when I was younger, I, you know, I did not have anywhere to be some, most days. I uh, didn't have any real responsibilities yet. But, you know, for the reasons that, you know, in my, especially my late teens and early 20s, you know, we won't go into it because we've discussed it in previous episodes where, you know, I had entered a depression that I had never felt. I had, you know, come to feel these things that I didn't know I could feel where I was just completely hopeless and just felt completely lost and didn't know what to do with myself. And it was just... um a new sense of emptiness on top of all the childhood trauma that I dealt with and with, you know, dealing with all these new feelings of sadness. I think it mostly went unnoticed by my family, mostly because we weren't a big family of sharing things, which, you know, obviously that doesn't help anybody. You know, never wanting to get out of bed, then it went to never wanting to eat, you know, there's many occasions during that time where I would make a trip to the fridge and leave completely empty-handed, and this happened multiple times a day, and, you know, that contributed to my rapid weight loss during this time, and I didn't even realize it was happening. I just remember going to the fridge constantly and leaving with nothing, because, you know, you open it up, you look at the food and everything, and it's like, none of this looks good. I don't even know why I'm here. And it was just the mindset that I had from this depression that I was experiencing. I just, it was some of the darkest times of my life. And I look back at it now and just, you know, it's I'm amazed, really, that I'm still here. Because not only did I have all those feelings it had thoughts that I'm not proud of but you know that's where you know the previously discussed that's where all that drinking came into effect and it was just a way to distract myself from all, all the stuff that I was feeling and at that point you know I was willing to do anything to distract myself because just every day was a challenge and I know that you know some people might say that it's stupid because 
you know, it all came down to the root of a heartbreak. You know, everybody has their heart broken at least once in their life, maybe more. But, you know, I think nothing hurts like that first one where you it's a shock to your system. You don't know how to deal with it. So I did what most people do, and it's maybe considered kind of cliche, but I drank every fucking chance that I got, and I did things to, you know, distract myself from what I was feeling. There'd be times where... I would be hammered in the middle of the week because I didn't care because obviously, you know, that was kind of the convenience of it too when you're in your early 20s and you're still living at home where you didn't have to pay certain bills. I had a job and everything. I still took care of my own shit that I had, but I certainly spent more money on drinking than I would like to admit. I often say a lot, you know, if someone could cut me a check for all the money that I spent drinking, going out to the bars, going out and buying trays of shots for people. Some people I didn't even know. It was just, you know, doing anything that I could to distract myself from what I was feeling, you know, partying with strangers and just whatever it took. It didn't matter. I just wanted to not feel that way. And, you know, that was something that pro- that was that progressed for a lot of years. You know, it got worse and worse, and then finally I got to a point you know, like some people do when they hit their late 20s, I cannot continue to wake up feeling like shit every day. Where my body was just not willing to recover, more or less, like it was when you were younger. And, you know, some people, they can drink like there's no tomorrow, and they can be in their 50s. I remember working with people that were in their 40s, and uh, they would be at work, and they would be completely hammered, and I had no idea until someone fucking told me. It's like, wow, that's uh, that's cool, I guess, but, you know, at the same time, it's really kind of sad, but, but moving on, um, eventually, the drinking had reached its, uh, its high point and its appeal, where I just simply couldn't do it anymore. Not as much anyways, so I just, you know, I didn't want to feel, obviously, I didn't want to feel these things that I was feeling, I didn't want to, didn't want to let people get to me, didn't want to let people get close, so I began telling myself, you know, if things got too emotional, whatever the situation was, that I didn't care, I just told myself repeatedly, I don't care, and after you know, a couple years of telling myself this, it really became true. I didn't care. I had more or less flipped this switch in my head where I didn't give a shit about anything because, you know, so many people had shown such disregard for my feelings for, you know, a lot of years. And it just got to a point where, you know what, if people are going to be like this to me, I might as well be like that too. It was just... Too many years of taking people's shit, and so I, like I said, I just flipped that switch where, you know, the depression and the anxieties and everything took a different form where I just simply didn't care. I didn't care if I hurt your feelings. I didn't care if, you know, I missed something or I, you know, it just, I didn't care. That was just as simple as it gets. I didn't care about anything or anyone and it was it was all to protect myself. I know that. Now as I've gotten older, it was to 
shut myself off to everybody so I wouldn't get hurt. But, you know, eventually someone came along and changed that. But, you know, I kind of told a little bit of that story, I think, in the last episode. But even though I had spent all these years telling myself that I didn't care and, you know, I shut myself off, I shut my emotions off, there have been definitely some long-lasting effects, and that was the price I paid, where when I finally met someone who took my feelings, you know, into their first consideration about everything, and uh, it definitely caused problems there in the beginning, and it's been a lot of work on my end, where I have had to learn to slowly tear down the walls that I had built early on in our relationship, because of all the crap that I dealt with from other people years prior, where, you know, even though she was giving me every reason to trust her, I I had to basically relearn to trust people. But even today, you know, over a decade into our relationship and what became our marriage, I still have problems caring you know, not about her. It's you know, I care completely about her and the children that she's given me, which was a gift that you know, I feel like in some ways I don't deserve. But I think a lot of people go through those feelings too, where the choices that I made in my youth, I'm still paying for. I there are the long-lasting scars from. All those years of telling myself that I didn't care, and it was just a defense mechanism to uh, the different levels of my depression. And to this day, I'm still paying for it. I still have those feelings of depression for many different reasons. I think I always will, but they certainly don't cripple me like they used to because, you know, how I talked about those days where you didn't want to get out of bed, uh, you know. <laughs> My wife's not going to let that be an option now. She's going to force me out of bed to get me in a better mood because obviously laying there crashed out all day is not going to help the situation. It's certainly not going to help your mental health by any means to lay there and continue going over the same you know, upsetting feelings in your head over and over because unfortunately mental health and the things that can come with it, the baggage that can come with it is a constant battle. It's a constant daily battle where you may have a daily affirmation that you need to get through the day. You may need just to simply get out of bed or it's it comes down to the little choices, you know, to to do these things, to keep pushing forward, to you know, to feel better. Don't keep making the same poor choices over and over it's like I said it's just a constant battle you know you have to keep working on it you have to keep trying to make progress otherwise you're going to be stuck in the same place for you know god knows how long and if you never pull yourself out of these out of these spaces or out of these situations and you know you let it slide for too long that's just more work that you have to do later it's just more work that you have to do to overcome a situation that you might have overcome in the past, but then you let it come back to haunt you again, and then you're back to overcoming that same thing. 
And that's the last thing you want to do. You want to. You don't want to keep having the same battle over and over. I know, in some aspects of mental health, it can be unavoidable. But um, there's always going to be certain things that set off your anxiety or trigger an aspect of your depression. But if you can find a treatment that works for you, it can make it a little easier. And uh, you know, I think doing this podcast has become my treatment in a sense where I can finally air things that I've held on for, in my opinion, for too long. I can finally let them go because they can't, they can't continue to hold me back. You know, that's just baggage. And if you don't let go of this baggage, then you can't progress past it. And then here you are, you know, trying to get past the same thing over and over and over, and you're just getting nowhere trying to better yourself. And that's another thing, you know, here I am doing this, taking a risk, trying to better myself because I just believe in my heart of hearts that I'm meant for more. I'm meant to maybe take my experiences and get them out there to where other people can relate and, you know, they can understand that they're not alone in the healing process or the maintenance process of dealing with whatever you're dealing with. And, you know, I go... Day by day, that's, I mean, that's really all you can do. I try to uh, do this. I try to make it something. I, you know, I'm doing all the legwork that I can to push it out there. You know, more or less just rub it in people's faces and say, hey, here's my shit. Listen to it. But, you know, like I said, that's becoming, that's becoming my treatment. It's becoming my therapy where I'm trying to, let go of things that have held me back, uh, you know, let go of things that have happened in the past, uh, let go of, you know, certain things that may set off different aspects of whatever problems I may be facing that day, but I mean, it's all you can do, all you can do is try, and that's just what I have to do. I have to do these things, I have to try and be a better example for my children, because my daughter, she's five years old and I already kind of see some anxieties in her you know she's worried about things at school she's worried about kids not liking her and you know I know kids can be vicious they can be for sure especially this day and age where they they uh, have to act out or whatever but I just want to be stronger for her to let her know that she can come to me with anything that she needs to talk about Because I don't want her going down that same path that I went down where I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody. And it just got worse and worse as I got older. And, you know, you deal with the trials and tribulations of being a teenager and dealing with all the shit that comes with that. I understand that's going to be different for her because she's a girl. And, you know, girls have their own shit to go through. But I want her to know that she can talk to me. She can talk to her mother. Because chances are... When it comes to the shit that you're going through as a teenager, we have been through it. You know, my wife, even though, you know, she was she was kind of outgoing. She was a cheerleader and stuff all through high school and grade school and college and all that. So she was more outgoing than I was, where I was more reserved. So, you know, we offer different viewpoints on what she can, you know, what different advice we can offer her. And that's all we really can wish for as parents is, you know, they, they are not afraid to come talk to us. You know, I will wish the same for my son, but you know, he's still, 
he's still a little guy. He's not, you know, getting a grasp on the world yet. And that's another thing as a parent, you want to protect them as long as you can because you don't want them to feel afraid to face the day. That is the absolute last thing that you want. And as my daughter's getting older, you know, I want her to be strong. I want her to absolutely have the leadership qualities that my wife has. She's my wife is a go-getter for sure. She you know, she went through school. She was a straight A student all through school. She went to college, you know, here at our local college. Then she went on and got her four-year degree. Then she went on and got her master's. And she's just well on her way to, you know, still getting more. And that's just what I want for my kids. Obviously, as a parent, that's what all you can want for your kids is them to succeed. And just, in my opinion, I want my kids to succeed more than I ever could. You always want to push them down that right path. You know, you want them to understand that they, even though maybe they grow up kind of privileged or, you know, they grow up with at least a good life that they deserve better, regardless of anything that you could offer them. And that's what I want for my kids. And, you know, I don't want them to ever feel the kind of depression that I have dealt with through, you know, starting from when I was just even a kid, you know, being a young teenager and it progressed being in my later years through junior high and through high school where you just felt utterly alone and nothing you could do was right and you just felt like an outsider and that's just not what I want my kids to experience. On the other hand, you don't want your kids acting like entitled little douches either, but you know, that's that's just something that's there's too much of in this world today where you got kids that just have zero regard for anybody's feelings i i've told my daughter even though i know she probably doesn't completely understand yet that if i ever find out you're making someone's life difficult i'm gonna kick your ass because you don't know someone's story you don't know what they're going through in their personal life and there just needs to be more consideration when it comes to things like that because too many people are just being ridiculed and just too many kids just make it worse, especially because, you know, you got douchey parents that fucking raise them that way in the first place. But but anyways, you know, that's how I feel about that. But I think that's enough for the night, guys. I am going to wrap this up, and I hope you enjoyed this episode, you know, so please share it, get it out there, rub it in people's faces, do what you got to do. I would uh, really appreciate it, and I hope I catch you next time. This has been All Effed Up with Will. Will. <laughs>